0: Rodney, gamma linoleic acid <laughs> (GLA). It's a it's a fatty acid. Mm. It's been it's been proven to mobilize brown adipose tissue. Are you familiar with brown adipose? Mm, nope,
1: nope. Enlighten
0: us. You said you have like two kinds of fat. You got white and brown, mm. and the brown you have a lot less of, but it's the good fat because when you mobilize it. It actually burns the white fat, which you have more of. So if you want to burn fat, you want to mobilize your brown adipose tissue. So you can do things like cold baths, cold showers, eat stuff with GLA, like, like there are some vitamins that have it, vegetables, some meats, like
1: fish, um, yeah, yeah. Brown fun, fun Activated. fact about fat is um, it's an incredible, it's an incredible fuel for your brain and brain development. What? Yeah, so um, there, there's a lot of science out there that says you know don't. It's actually super true. You definitely need um, fat. To to get your enhance fats. But in, good fats. Good fats, totally. Quality. Yeah. Don't get your omega don't threes, eat, get your sixes, get your sevens. Don't get eat your a 11s. bunch of cake and think you're 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 helping brain activity. It's just a, a piece <laughs> it, it, of advice it. for the day. <laughs> well, that's more sugar than fat. True. But but still, there's a lot of butter. I mean, I'm
0: sure. Uh, yeah, cake. I'm sure they put butter. A lot of and it. And that's just. Yeah. Then we're getting into the whole dairy yeah, conversation. And now, and like, are like, you just causing inflammation on top of over sugaring? So, you got insulin spiking. <laughs> You've got inflammation. I mean, what are you doing right, to your so body? So, GLA. You know
1: GLA is what this one's
0: all about. Gambling a lake. Have it. I'm going to write a song about it welcome back to more in common where we believe that we have more in common and that we're actually all nurtured by the same things and that we're all dependent upon each other
1: and thanks for joining our podcast um, where we look to provide a comfortable and safe space to have open honest and insightful conversations that that we think matter um, we have created a map to help you talk to anyone about anything at almost any time and the goal of this map is to provide you with the tools you need to improve your conversation skills so you you may become a catalyst for connection and, you know, be a conversation leader, which we believe we need more of. Indeed,
0: I think we do. So I want to urge everybody to get out to our website, moreincommonpod.com. That's a place where you'll find all things more in common from our our podcast episodes, our blogs, when we decide to do that, our contact info, merchandise, everything. Um, so get out there,
1: moreincommonpod.com reach out to us if you have any uh, thoughts or ideas and don't forget if you really like this episode or any of our episodes share it you know sharing is Indeed. caring the more you share the higher we get ranked in iTunes or any of the listening apps and the more we have an opportunity to get our message out there so share share it up you know share it up so with that said I mean Rodney we are coming off a pretty pretty heavy episode with, with Brittany yeah um, would you would you think well, I thought that
0: it was heavy, like listening, sitting there with her and listening to that. A lot of it was just um, real heavy and just extremely appreciative of her sharing it. And I think that uh, it kind of peeling back the layer of under- starting to understand mental stuff, mental illness, mental health, mental wellness, and s- hearing her talk about how Processing her father's death was very different for her than it was for her mother or her brother. I, I didn't, I don't know what I expected coming in, but I did not expect that. Mm. And uh, when she said that, you know, she, she kind of had a feeling that something was up, but no, nobody would tell her. And then when she did hear, she was kind of numb because she was medicated and she had all kinds of phys- physical ailments from the accident still going on. So she had to get through all of those before she could actually start to process and grieve her father and, and her process looked very different than her her family's and, and theirs individually look different but it's kind of just for me helping me realize is yet another really really powerful example for me of how different we all handle things uh, for various reasons but yeah, yeah that's a big thing for me what about you
1: um the power of our capabilities we all have different skill sets in managing tragedy, trauma, day-to-day, right? Um, and sometimes we just need the tools uh, prior. Sometimes we need to learn what tools to use as we, as we deal with it because obviously you never expect to live through something like Brittany did. But she really demonstrates to me the, the capabilities that we have to wake up and do what we need to do to, to make it to tomorrow and, and enjoy today. And she certainly has gone through a lot to get to where she is. And I just, I, I admire her perseverance. And I'd also have to say, You know, the the power of fitness and what fitness actually is and how it is, to your point, different for everybody, Um, Mm -hmm. the way we process and its impact. I use it for vanity and physical health, but, you know, it's, you know, to her point. Would
0: you say you also use it for mental health? I mean, especially like with the burpee challenge we did late last year.
1: I, I think I'm starting to acknowledge and feel that more now uh, than maybe i have in the past but absolutely and everybody does it for for different reasons when you walk into a gym and i think it's just such a a critical thing that she talks about is figuring out what your reason is and just living by it regardless of who has the best six packs so i thought it was just a great episode and if you haven't heard it and this is your first uh, i definitely recommend going back and listening so how about but you know with that said about Brittany, wh- who do we have today Today we have Kim Annenberg Cavallo, and she's the founder
0: and CEO of a cool company called Lil Space, and they enhance relationships in the digital age, something that is, is super needed, which, and we're going to talk about that a bit more later, but, uh, Lil Space elevates real life events through wellness lounges, they have a time tracking app, and they have a social impact incentive known as Unplug for a Cause. Um, something that's really, uh, really key to the conversation with Kim is that she grew up with a mom who was a therapist. And because of that, Kim experienced the incredible power of relationships and becoming uh, connected firsthand. So, she started to get really concerned when she saw how technology was clearly interacting and interfering with human-to-human connections. So, her dedication to protecting relationships is her way to honor her mother, Jane, who died in uh, 2012. Mm. So it's a, I think that's a what she's doing is very very needed um it's not an easy journey to get people off their phones uh, but yeah, what are some of the things we talk about in the episode? Uh,
1: yeah. We, I mean, we talk about her relationship with technology that ultimately led her to creating little space. Um, we talk, uh, we do have a, a decent amount about her mom and how her, you know, growing up with a mom who was a therapist, how that helped her navigate relationships. Psychoanalyze psychoanalyzed yeah, daily. And, and you know, the, uh, engaging in conversation. We talk about the next gen of little Little space and, uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> and the addiction to <laughs> devices and the design of devices. To get you addicted, so um, we 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 talk about a lot of things, and it's a great conversation. And one other thing that we definitely have to add to this episode is a new challenge for the next month. Um, yep. You know, on March first, there is a it is the National Day of Unplugging. You want to talk about this a little bit, Rodney? Yeah, National Day of Unplugging. So, kind of
0: their thing is that we increasingly miss out on the important moments in our lives as we pass the hours with our noses buried buried in our devices. And so, the, the first is an, is an opportunity to uh, take a pledge and get off your devices for a day. And we're using that as an opportunity to partner with Little Space and Text Less
1: Live More um, you want to talk about what we're doing with that? Keith? Yeah. So Text less, live more is an organization that aligns very much to the national day of unplugging the um, uh, mission that Rodney just mentioned, where they, they're a nonprofit that is really out to promote um, engaging with the world around you. And it was all started because of uh, a young woman who was killed by a driver who was texting and driving. And, you know, she lived for life and they want to promote and help others. Others do the same to enhance and and, you know, make sure her legacy lives on. And so we've partnered with Little Space for one of their Unplug for a Cause campaigns. So for every minute that you unplug, more in common will donate a dollar up to $500 over the course of the month. So, you know, we absolutely challenge you on National Day of Unplugging, unplug for 24 hours from your phone. Obviously, you may, you know, keep it by your side for any emergency phone calls. But um, also, you know, take the opportunity to unplug for a cause with Little Space, download the app, and, and raise some money for Text Less Live More. And with all of that, enjoy the show.
2: You know, I'm not afraid of disagreement because it just means I'm learning something new about you uh, that can let us go deeper. You know, some people see disagreement as a roadblock and then it's like, okay, now I I know I can throw this person out now. I don't need to spend any more time getting to know them. Don't take it personal. I mean, that when I started doing that, my whole life changed, literally, because for you know, not only in my marriage and anything, it was like, you know, if somebody, you know, I, I and I wasn't somebody who walked around taking everything personally, um, but I definitely always thought somehow it had to do, you know, with me and you know they were doing it to me, or and, so, and it's it's almost never about you.
1: Yeah. Welcome back or welcome to More in Common. If this is your first time today, we are with Kim Cavallo. Um, Kim, how are you today?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. Doing very well. Good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. We're excited to have you. Um, off the, off the top, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you've developed this app called Little Space. Um, what, what inspired you? What is it about your, um, the, the impact of technology on our humanity that led you to create Little Space.
2: Um, I saw the destruction and disruption of of human relationships, and it was you know it it happened. It was kind of profound for me about probably two years ago, two and a half years ago. I am a person who has a lot of yoga in my life. I've been doing yoga for a long time. Um, and it was, it's a passion when I do it. I am solely focused on that. I rarely have other, you know, things I'm interested in doing. I'm kind of, I can do it for hours and hours when I'm at a workshop. And I found myself in a bathroom at a yoga studio, checking my email, uh, in the middle of class and I thought, wow, I am really must be uh, either disconnected to myself or something is really powerful about, you know, the ability to be able to take this uh, technology with me. And I think, you know, what's been shown is that uh, a lot of this these issues that we've been having with technology have spiked since 2012 when, you know, more and more people, I think the statistics, 50% uh, of people had mobile devices. Um, and so, when you can take it with you, it follows you everywhere. Um, and so, for me, the inspiration was really about just the relationship to myself that was being disrupted. And then looking around me and noticing my relationship with others and others' relationships uh, with each other. Uh, it was really really concerning to me. And I mean, it's mostly I grew up in a house with my mother. Uh, my mom was a therapist. Um, she died in 2012. But she was just one of those people that was, um, you know, just very into Talking, um, connecting, relating. I mean, when she died, nothing was left unsaid. Nothing, you know, we had, we had hashed and rehashed so many, um, relational issues in our family and extended family for decades. And it just was always so important to me to have relationships. And I started just noticing that people preferred. I mean, even in my own, you know, family, it's like, you know, kids face down into their phones. Husband checking text, wife checking email or doing banking or it's, you know, there's so many things we could do on our phone and it's, and it's magical. I I love technology. I love my phone. Um, I just wanted to find a way to help myself get a little, get a little space. (laughs) That moment
0: when you're at a restaurant and you look to the table next to you and everybody's down on their phones and it's like, Oh, that looks like a great dinner. Yeah. They're having. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I then just
0: realized uh, that you're doing it too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing you're doing it too. That's, you know, people now, when I started this whole thing and this journey, a lot of people would say, how do I get my, ki-? you know, I'm so glad you're doing this Kim. Cause how do I get my kid not to be using their phone so much? And they're standing there holding their phone mm. like in their hand and they may not be looking at it, but you're holding it in your hand. Like, like it's, You know, teaching. Yeah. You know,
0: example.
2: Yeah, exactly. So you,
0: you, you said your mom was a therapist. Yes. What kind, what kind of therapist? And then what was that like growing up with a therapist? You said nothing was left unsaid. That sounds, it sounds like you're saying it was a good thing. Yes. It was,
2: it was, it was an awesome thing as a teenager though, a young teenager, it was a little, um, (laughs) walking into the house and, uh, you know, having your mom just kind of like follow you in. And, And she's, she used to joke around that she would knock on my door and I would open it up a crack. And like just look at her with one eye because I knew as soon as she walked in the room, it was going to all be peeled back and uncovered, and my whole day would be analyzed. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, so it's interesting. Did, did I, you
0: feel like – so, you felt like you were on the couch, like?
2: All the time. My – actually, my older son, uh, he's now 22, but when he was five years old, she, he called her Mama Jane. Um, and so, he would say – she would say something, and it always sounded like something a therapist would say, and he would – he put his fingers up to his ears like a telephone, and he said, Mama, does it look like I called a the therapist? He was five years old (laughs) and it was like, oh gosh, I wish I would have said that all those years ago. So, I mean, that was the only (laughs) negative, but I mean, she was such a warm, loving person that it never came off as being in, well, I'm not going to use that it wasn't intrusive. It was intrusive, but that she was coming from curiosity. I mean, I guess that's coming back to the idea of curiosity that definitely – she really wanted to know because she wanted to know me inside and she wanted me to have the gift of knowing myself inside. That was something that she was always really into. So yeah, it was a gift. She was a marriage and family counselor. Um, she practiced mostly cognitive behavioral therapy and she worked in a, a group that she was the one that they would send court ordered, um, domestic violence cases to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she and and, you know, after she died, my dad said on her work phone at at home she got tons of like, Where are you? Like she you know, and then when people obviously found out she died it was very devastating. So I'm really, you know, happy to know what an impact she had. She had such an impact on me and how she had an impact on so many other people.
0: Wow. what did your dad do?
2: Um my dad uh, is in his family business, and he owns uh, owns one gas station. The business owned a lot of gas stations, but he, uh, like he runs said. and operates uh, a gas station over in um, Westwood.
0: Oh, not far from here.
2: No, not far from here at all. That was what he kind of grew. he was actually. He's a PhD in electrical engineering, so he worked at JPL. Um, you know, until I think until he was in his. 30s, and then he went into the family business.
1: Um, Where did you grow up?
2: I grew up in Los Angeles, and I'm actually the third generation born in Los Angeles. My grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, who was who was the one that started that uh, gas station business. Um, he Mart, his name is Marty, and he uh, is no longer living. Obviously, I think he'd be 107 by now. Um, but he was raised in Boyle Heights on a chicken farm, and which is really cool. Um, And then my dad was also born in LA and he grew up in kind of West Westwood area. Um, Got his PhD at UCLA. And that's where my mom and dad met when they were 19 or 18.
1: We get a, we, we know often LA as a more of a melting pot city born there. What was that like?
2: Um, well, it was it's great. I mean it's a it's a great feeling to see, you know, the city change and expand. Um I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Um I literally was in the valley when that whole Valley Girl thing was was a big thing yeah. and uh, you know, probably spoke that way and, and had friends who spoke that way. Um and so it was it was great. I mean I, I love i love los angeles i love um the idea that i can go hiking go to the beach um of course i love the weather
1: so so your mom i think one of the interesting things is obviously in that situation being psychoanalyzed all the time but do you think through that ability that that attempt to connect with her daughter in a different way that's how you learn to connect with people
2: Absolutely, yeah. And my sister, who's three and a half years younger than I am, and then my mom's sister. Um, it's it's just how we talk. And and the, the the only negative I would say, as you know, outside of my family, is that I don't do small talk very well. Um, Neither do I. Yeah. So I think that's why you, the three of us have had so many great conversations, and we've just met. But um, but on the flip side, some people don't like that. So yeah. so there's an awkwardness sometimes when I go to a party and you know I'm starting to talk to people about you know their childhood or you know things that are really deep <laughs> and all of a sudden they're yeah like, they're like uh I need to go get a a, a napkin excuse me and then <laughs> I never <laughs> have
1: you <know>. <laughs> exactly. have you talked to that lady over there <laughs> yeah. what is she doing <laughs> yes so
2: that uh that was part of it
1: what is it um that So I think this is something that we try to convey through the podcast is this ability to connect and you almost had a clinical education on connecting, whereas like Rodney has this natural ability to do it how how do you look at connection like how do you do it right because i think a lot of us as you say you know with the app it's it's the big piece of it to help us reconnect with each other mm-hmm. and it's and it's hard to do um, um i'm curious to 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 get get your take on that
2: um how do i look at connection well i i need it so it's kind of something that i don't think about that much it just uh it makes it so that you know when i'm you know with people whether it's people i know or people i'm getting to know um there's this it's a pull it's a pull to wanna just kind of have a meeting of the minds a meeting of the heart um you know i'm not afraid of you know disagreement because it just means i'm learning something new about you uh, that can let us go deeper um you know, some people see disagreement as a roadblock. And then it's like, okay, now I, c- I know I can throw this person out now. I don't need to spend any more time getting to know them. Mm. And, you know, uh, I mean, obviously somebody says, I'm a pedophile, you know, <laughs> like you're like, okay, yeah, I'm, that's, I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. To <laughs> <talk about>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think we can end that conversation here. But beyond that, you know, I just feel like there's so many dimensions, you know, that's probably the other thing is that I think, um, you know, because I learned so early about kind of the other sides of emotions, you know, that it was like emotions are multidimensional, that it's not just sad, happy, angry, you know, it's like, okay, but you're angry, but is there sadness underneath it? Um, you know, you're happy. Um, you know, are you uh, anticipating or living in the future? Is there something about that you're missing in the present, you know, and, and again, I think for me, as an older person, I want to try to take those lessons and have balance around them. So I want there to be um, a sense of, you know, I do want to be interested and introspective. And I want to be curious about other people um, but I also want to be just kind of take off the detective hat sometimes and just be you know kind of present with what is being said
1: that idea of not being afraid to disagree I think it's the do you do you experience so if someone says something let's say politics comes up right we don't have to bring politics up but let's say some politics comes up and someone says something that causes a visceral reaction, right? Like just that emotional response. Right. Did in that framework, that philosophy of connection, like do you experience that? And if you do, how do you manage it? So you can learn and continue that conversation without it going sideways.
2: Um, Well, interestingly, I think we all feel in the last couple of years that, that it's not, um, for me, it doesn't feel as safe to have those conversations. Not, not, obviously not physical danger, but just, you know, that there's going to be some misunderstanding that's going to get blown up into something bigger, especially among friends and people I care about. So there's people that we, we just know that, that fundamentally we have some disagreements. And so we don't go there. But I think the interesting thing, and my husband and I were just talking about this the other day is that the danger is when you automatically think something about somebody based on an answer to a question. Like if you really are present in the moment and you just listen to what the person said and you don't draw a lot of conclusions from it, you can actually continue the conversation. But I think if you start thinking like, well... Um, he just said something like that. So he must be a misogynist and he must not appreciate women. And he, you know, there's like this whole line of thought I can go down that makes me feel isolated and disconnected from the person. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I just listen to the response and then maybe ask a question to clarify, um, then I feel like we're still in this, uh, space of being able to connect
1: it's uh something that we talk about in the framework of having conversations this idea that if you tag your emotional preconceptions or your cognitive preconceptions to the other person based on one piece of information mm-hmm. and then you generalize them to this thought of who they may be or who they you know who you think they are um then you you completely shut out the ability to go tell me more about that um we have this great story of a friend who in the presence of a black friend of his called a white guy on a porch a porch monkey and not knowing the impact of that sentiment, his friend could have easily said, oh, this guy's a racist. I don't like him. I'm never going to see him again. But he said afterwards, he's like, wait, do do you know what that actually means? And oh, they had a conversation so about it. Right. They had a conversation about it. They still remain friends. And, you know, and he goes on more educated and informed that, wait a second, I shouldn't be saying that anymore. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, how else do we learn? I mean that 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 is such a beautiful story because now, like something changed, yeah, otherwise there would have been no change,
0: yeah so you you mentioned a couple of times being being present, mm-hmm. especially around that answer right there about hearing that one answer to a question or one statement or whatnot, and then jumping off to conclusions like how do you how do you stay present and and continue on especially if somebody says something that's Bombastic, or you disagree with, or is off color. Like, how? Any thoughts on that?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I think the staying present part is something that takes practice, and it's not just in one aspect of my life. It's it's in in a lot of aspects. I wear this little um string, and it's just it came with this little note attached to it that said, "This is a, just a reminder to be present." Huh. Um. And it, actually, it wasn't even a. It didn't say be present. It said you know, use this as a reminder for something. So I chose the, the thought of being present. Oh. So when I see it, I, I think of that all the time. And it's, and it's a challenge because I, I definitely have many, uh, for many years been the kind of person that was always planning for the future or reflecting and analyzing the past. And, um, you know, in the past three or four years, I've done a lot of kind of just spiritual work and things, uh, that have helped me reveal that like really all we have is this moment. So if I'm starting to get a little anxious or riled up about something, even in a conversation, you know, it's just kind of this idea of, you know, take a breath. Um, I'm sitting in this chair where we're just two human beings. There's no real danger here. There's nothing, you know, like, we're, you know we're not, it's not going to go off the rails unless, I allow it to, or the other person allows it to. And if, and if that other person is going to go down that road, that's still what's the worst that can happen, right. you know? So it's, it's about just kind of, uh, I think slowing down is, is so key too. Cause sometimes we get, you know, our emotions also being in touch with your physical responses to things. You know, is my heart racing? Do I have a pit in my stomach? Is my throat clenched? Um, sometimes I would used to notice, like, I would look down and I had nail marks in my hands because I would just be like, yeah, I'd be, clenching, yeah, I'd be clenching my, my fists for something, not, not in a conversation with something, but just in life, you know, all of a sudden I'd be like, Oh, wow. You know, it's almost like that body scan, um, uh, work that people do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do that in, in practice, but just that idea. Actually, interesting. Have you ever done stand up paddling? Yeah. So I love it. And it's, it's so fun. And, um, sometimes, uh, you know, I'll go with other people who've never gone before and I'll just be like, let's just do a body scan real quick. And, and you tend to find that your toes are totally clenched and you're like, you know, because you're trying to balance. Yeah. And, and so when you do that, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, and then all of a sudden, like, it's I've had so it so much easier. It's so much easier. And like, I've had this almost like, you know, experience where it's like, oh my gosh, the trees are so green and the, you know, because you're in this really precarious place on a stand-up paddle on this beautiful, you know, water. Um, and only 10 seconds before, I didn't notice any of it because my body was so clenched. So, I think getting in touch with kind of your physical state is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's almost like preventative, you know, practicing doing that, On a regular basis to get in touch with yourself, whether it's through meditation or whatever kind of, you know, exercise you do, getting familiar with your physical body, I think can help you, um, you know, ward off kind of explosions in conversations because you're in touch with it, you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute, Uh, my throat's gripping here. I'm going to take a breath because I'm going to unleash on this person and I don't want (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Unleash the cracker.
1: I I actually had a conversation at work like that just yesterday where my entire physiological experience would not calm down. So I actually just put myself on mute, told my coworker to handle the rest of the conversation because I couldn't deal with it.
0: when 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 you messaged me about that, all I heard was, I'm having a moment, Lenny. I'm having a moment. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh. But how great that you can do that, right? Cause a lot of people yeah. just, they, you know, they're like, Oh, there's, well,
0: there. I think at work. So I've talked about, we, I think if we might've mentioned this. I've talked about this with my wife. I'm like, it is very frustrating to me that I can be nicer to people at work, yes. especially when they're annoying the shit out of me. than I can with my own family or with my wife. And it's like, but the stakes are very clear. Like if I lose this job, then I lose this paycheck and this and that and the other. And then with the relationships, it's like, eh, well, like we'll have I'm a bad conversation. Sort of high yeah, high. High. yeah, exactly. Right.
2: Well, cause you feel this sense of like, we're in this, so I'm not going to lose this person, right? you know? But, um, one of the things I di- started doing is picturing it's for my husband. Cause we're, you know, like that's the most intense relationship. Obviously you're trying to live with this person and be a life partner. um, uh I picture this, I don't even I don't think I've ever told him this. I picture him as a baby. <laughs> and it's like because if you think of somebody as a little baby or a, you know, like a toddler, and not and I'm not doing it in a like a patronizing or condescending. It's just um literally like, oh this is like this beautiful human being, you know? Um I've also done the practice um of walking around looking at people that I don't know. And remembering, or for me, because I think this, this is my personal belief that they are a reflection of God. And so it's like looking at people and looking at their face and just being like, that's, that's not actually a separate human being. That's just a reflection of God. And it's actually, when you do it, it's a kind of a weird exercise.
0: Um, no, I, I I've done some of that. It is a cool exercise. Yeah. The, the husband is a, Husband is a baby thing, so yeah. is there a particular time, like when you're angry or when he's annoying you, or all the time, or how do you apply that? Because it sounds interesting. Uh, when he's a-
2: when he's annoying me, um, hmm. and and uh, and that's where the curiosity stuff. So uh, you know, I'll give you an example. It's and I'm not. I'm not great at this, We you know, this is the one place where I let all the bad stuff out, unfortunately, but, but I think it's just cause you're with somebody all the time, you know?
1: Sure. It takes, it takes a lot of practice. Yeah.
2: Yes. But, um, he, he plays this brain game on his phone and he's not a gamer and, you know, or anything, but he really loves it and he does it constantly. And it's this, you know, he literally has got the, his hand holding his phone in his face with his finger like this. And it's, and, and, and if I don't, mention something to him he would do it in a conversation like literally we're talking and he'd be going like that um and so i get you know i get insulted i get frustrated um and so i ended up the like probably a couple of weeks ago when it was really bad i ended up just imagining you know that he was a person that was you know a, a young, like a younger version of himself And he was playing, you know, he was literally playing and he was, you know, and then I, and then it brought me into this place of kind of like curiosity. Like, I wonder what's stressing him out so much that he needs to do this. And it brought me to a place of compassion for him Hmm. versus annoyance. Um and just this idea of like you know if somebody, if he's you know really frustrated and we're we're getting mad at each other, and it's like being able to look at him and just be like, you know he's this sweet boy, you know he's not, and i and I adore him and love him so much, and I want to be um helpful and you know Rodney, you just said that about like why am I nicer to people at work. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 that used to bother me so much that I would be, you know, so sweet. I was always known, oh, Kim's so sweet and she's so nice. And, you know, and then I'd come home and and this was years ago, but I would unleash on him, you know, and it was like, what the heck is that? Like, this is the man I love right. more than anyone in the world. And why the hell it's would backwards. I do that? Yeah, it's really backwards. So, but right, it's about switching it, you know, it's like, we're totally capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I don't mean switching it like being mean to other people. No, at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go being
1: mean <laughs> at work. Unlo- but I love your acceptance of like just the matter of fact reality of the annoyance that we bring to our significant others and that our significant others bring to us. Yes. Annoyance. It's one of those you know words that you don't want to say, but it's true. I mean, when you're with somebody all the time, they're bound to annoy you. Um, yeah. And and working through that because that annoyance builds to frustration, builds to anger, builds to fights, all because of something. And I love the way you, I'm the, some, way you handle that. Some, this is
0: really hard, but something I've been trying within – I think the annoyance is almost like 95% me. And it's not really whatever she's doing because whatever she's doing has nothing to do with me probably.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just reminded me <laughs> one of the biggest life hacks that I can't believe I didn't even remember is don't take it personal.
0: Mm.
2: I mean, that – when I started doing that, my whole life changed, literally, because for, you know, not only in my marriage and anything, it was like, you know, if somebody, you know, I, I – and I wasn't somebody who walked around taking everything personally, um, but I definitely always thought somehow it had to do, you know, with me and, you know, they were doing it to me or – and, so, and it's, it's almost never about you.
1: Yeah.
2: Me, you know.
1: Yeah. The ego is a powerful thing. Yeah, I want to. I want to um, kind of go back to what got you into little space, and you had mentioned, you know, the the destruction of human relationships. Primarily focused on how it impacted you when you checked your phone at yoga, but then you started observing. What types of things did you see aside from attention? Did you see if you observed it to the depth um, that 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 these mo- mobile, the the interaction with the device was starting to impact and how it was starting to impact relationships.
2: Um, I also saw what, what was, and this is, comes from kind of the yoga background is the posture. Um, you know, and, and you think like, Oh, posture, that's just bad for your back or bad for your neck, but it's actually bad for your, your heart and your spirit. You know, if you're constantly looking down and your chest is closed and you're, you know, there's just not this openness that, when you see two people having tea and they're looking in each other's eyes and they're, you know, you know, maybe they don't have upright posture, but they're sitting up. They're they're looking up. Um, looking down is just that's we don't want to be going there. Um so that was something Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um I I don't really I the only yoga I'll do now is yin. Like really long, long poses for opening up stuff. I have super tight hips and I had an instructor tell me once that uh and tight hips are typically a uh, a indication of holding on to something in the path and like so you but you can almost seize people's postures like they got something else going on yes and it's all interconnected mind body spirit it's you can't pull them apart so there's definitely
2: oh yeah well i mean yoga means union i mean that's the word so it's body, mind, spirit, you know, all coming together. And, and, uh, one of my, t- my teachers, um, does this great kind of, he's, he's hysterically funny and he does this great kind of what happens as your body ages. <laughs> and he just shows kind of, you know, like all of a sudden you're, you just start, you know, going like this, and like your t- your tailbone tucks under, and your legs go forward, and you're shuffling, and
0: so yeah, this experience in yoga, mm-hmm. you saw you started seeing people around you more. When did you decide to do something about it?
2: Um, so I, my initial feeling was I thought that um, I wished I had an auto reply for my texts and calls. That, that seemed to me like when I was having my own pressure and I knew that email I could handle with an out of office, you know, I was, I was looking for an auto reply for texts and calls and didn't, wasn't able to find one on iPhone. Very quickly found out there was a reason for that, which is a whole other podcast. And I've got wonderful people for you to interview about that. Huh. Um, but for Android, it was possible. And, um, you know, one of the other kind of, Benefits of growing up in my family was that I, I just somehow always had this feeling like I can do what I want to do, you know, and, and I didn't really have hesitation. There's, there's the flip side of that. Of course, always the self doubt, but I just, I never really had it in my head. Like, you know, um, you, you can't figure out a solution to this. Um, when I, when I realized it was a technical solution and I had no technical background, um, that looked like a little bit of a, of a roadblock, but, um, you know, I just did whatever I had to do. I, I hired some consultants in the beginning just to kind of help me brainstorm through it. And we ended up building the first version of the app, which was never meant to really go out publicly. But I wanted to see what people would do um, with auto-reply. And we were able to get it into the hands of um, – we, we put it on 10,000 free phones that were passed out in a mall. And just wanted to see how many people would delete it, and they they kept it on for a long, and people used it. I think there's still a couple hundred people that use that version. Um, it's no longer available uh, to download, but um, it was interesting. I just wanted to validate to see if people would use it. And, yeah, and then from there, um, I just I got really kind of passionate about. Just being in the space, talking to other people, um, that were working on solutions and wanted to find out kind of what my unique, um, value add could be. You know, what can I contribute? Because obviously the tech piece wasn't something that I was, I wasn't going to come up with a, some grand, brand new technology that was going to help people with, um, overuse of their phones. And I have a background in nonprofit fundraising and kind of community building. Doing the last twenty years, I started a, a film festival uh, that's still it's in its fourteenth year this year in Los Angeles. Um, I had created a program, um, and when I say created, there's co-creation. There's a lot of people involved, um, and at a museum, an educational program, and so I was used to kind of bringing people together around kind of, um, shared interests and values. And I thought, well, how can I apply this to this issue? And I knew that anytime I had ever made change in my life, um, it was because I had a sense of community and I thought, well, I build, I am familiar with building community. I need community. I want to help people make this habit change of spending too much time on their phones. So let's build a community around it. Um, and so then we, I found a, a tech team and then went to go build the second version, which again is not the full blown version, but another way to kind of test what I was thinking about, which was building a community around taking breaks from your phone. Um, and in January of this year, we launched this version of Space, which is available for iPhone and Android. And essentially what it is, is you can track your time. It's an intention tool which is simply just like your meditation timer that you would have in, in an app, you know, that lets you set the intention to kind of make time for something that you want to focus on. Um, and we, the way the app works right now is you have an opportunity to kind of un- unplug and set your timer in a group, in a virtual group. So, and we do what's called unplugging for a cause. So we allow people to kind of, you know, Start their timer and track time for uh, raising money for a cause right now. A little space. That's right. That's right. Because of um, elevation society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we donate a dollar for every hour um, that people are unplugged. We're in the second wave of development. and really excited about kind of finding new ways to encourage connection through the app, which I know seems counterintuitive, but... Um, I was going to
0: ask if you had any struggles with making an app to get people to use their phone less. Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I really liken it to the kind of the meditation apps because, oh, you know, okay. when, when you... You know, you know, you want to sit down and and meditate, and it's it's a tool that helps you set that intention and and create that time and space for it. And we've become so accustomed to just holding our phones all day long and letting it interrupt us whenever it wants. Um, you know, this is kind of a way of saying no. You know what? I'm going to set this timer, and this time, this 20 minutes or this hour is going to be without you phone. You can't follow me. Is um,
1: there a um, so? The donation piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, so if I spend an hour and one of the things, you know, we'll, we'll click, there's just emphasizes that Elevation Society is a part of this for anybody listening who downloads the app and you, you run some time and connect with Elevation Society, you can help contribute to their cause. Um, so for every hour I spend, Lil Space donates a dollar to, to the cause.
2: Yes, that's yeah. the way it's set oh, up right fun. now.
1: Um, How do you structure it so I don't just let my phone run with it?
2: Um, well, right now, the technology is limited, so you okay. definitely could do that. Um, okay. our, our next version has uh, we've come up with a lot of different ways. And actually, I would love, once it's ready, to you know, well, when you I start t- Yeah,
0: I-, I feel like There, there has been a time where I was like walking the dogs. I was like, ooh, walking the dog. I want to get a t-shirt for my dog. Right. And then I forgot to turn it off and I went back to it, but it, it did cut off at a point. Yeah. So it didn't let me go forever.
2: Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't run forever, but, but it's not a very sophisticated app at this point. Like I said, we, we kind of built it just to see, you know, if we would get response. The really cool part is that when we launched, and this was just kind of not necessarily being that experienced in in the app world um you know we got some press around it and then got a lot of people to use it uh which was exciting um so it validated that there was interest there but we didn't have a ton of partnerships or causes or things on it at the time so we're like oh wait you know this would have been better exactly we would have been better to wait for the for the press you know but you can't really control that stuff um
1: and for the and for the audience what is so how does it help you unplug so if i turn i've got the app running 15 minutes 20 minutes is it am i getting text messages am i getting notifications am i getting whatever like how is it shutting me off for that period of time
2: yeah it is not a blocking app Um, okay and it just like a meditation timer it's just your way of setting time i think there's um pomodoro you know technique there's all you know there's like yeah pomodoro. yeah i mean there's just there's there's some um science behind the idea of kind of setting is it a is it rate. um
0: there's a technique it's like signaling or it's like when you trick like triggers like having a trigger for yourself right oh when i wake up when my feet touch the ground
1: i put on my gym shorts and go right work out yeah it's kinda like I'd set this I set this app, I hit start. The the idea is to raise conscious awareness of your time and mm-hmm. by turning this app on, you're committing to yourself. I am not going to spend time on my phone for the next hour. I'm going to spend it committed to this phone. Right. By. Right. And then time yourself. How long can you go?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. the, the the value that we add is the sense of community. Yeah. You know, because when you're when you have the timer on, um, you can see how many others are unplugged at the same time. Yeah. So that yeah. shows you that you're not alone. Um, the idea that you can collectively raise money for a cause by pooling yeah. your time, I mean, that's that's a feeling that we wanted to impart on people. So it was a very conscious decision not to go down the, the tech route, which was, and there's plenty of wonderful apps out there. Hmm. I mean there's uh, freedom, there's flipped, Uh, There's another one that's called Space, actually. Um, Thrive. uh, uh, Yeah, Thrive Global. Yeah, there's that one for Samsung. So, there's definitely apps out there that do a good job if you want that, um, you know, level of care, (laughs) you know, um, if that's what you need or want. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, I know that change comes from the inside for me. Uh-huh. Um, I feel the most inspired when I see others around me doing it at the same time. I get a little paranoid when I see my phone is now has some kind of other third party, yeah. you know, uh, controlling it. Um, although those apps are really well made and they, they do a really, really good job um, and people love them. Obviously, they have, you know, millions of downloads and so they're successful. Um, I'm just testing this out. I want to see how how we can do this as a community because we we got in this together, right? You know, we, we we started this, you know, only probably a few years ago, where it was it's okay to kind of ignore each other and, um, you know, put I your just, screen in front of your face.
0: I just thought of an idea. Yeah, because there are moments where like I'm cooking or we're like we're t- in the same space right. and having a conversation, and then the the game thing like one of us right. is on the phone, like what are you on Instagram or email or whatever, and it's just. It's like it feels like uh, I think you said you said it like, like an insult or like you're not really listening to me. You're not paying attention. Did you didn't even hear what I said? But taking this and just being like, hey, let's pick a cause,
1: yeah. and let's just take like thirty minutes yeah. and just put the phones on the counter. I think I think it's such a cool concept. This idea that j- just what you said right there, Rodney. It's you know. It's, it's the, it's the cause. It's, I can take care of myself. You know, we all talk about maybe, I mean, many people talk about wanting to donate more, giving back, give back time, give back money. This is a great way to give back time and money, but not just to yourself, not just to the cause, but to yourself. Like, yeah.
0: well, in this, this step further is like with Ruby being 17 months old now, it's like, We can actually, you know, hey, we're going to put our phones down. We're giving it's going to go to whatever cause, blah, blah, Mm. blah. But like she could see us like putting our phones down to be a family for 15 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever. So we can unlike the other example of the parents like, oh, well, how do we get them to stop using it while they're using their
1: phones? Like, well, just stop using it. Right. But let them know you're doing it.
2: Right. Right.
1: Do it for something bigger than you just yourself too. Yeah, uh, yes. But like that's that's one of the things again. Not not that there's any. If I have my phone shutting off, it's all for me. Right. It's it's entirely for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm doing this as a way to separate the phone control because when you when you have your phone shut off from yourself, you're really giving your phone the control for shutting that that relationship off, so you can spend time doing other things by making it more about the ecosystem, I think I mean, I think it's such a, a novel concept. You're really putting the control and the onus back to you to not check your messages, to not do anything because you've committed to yourself that the phone is not going to be my crutch right now. Um, so, I just think it's fantastic. I, oh. I, mean, I love it. I, I love the app. But yeah, Thank you. Not, Thank you. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, the
2: idea that we you know, getting back to the idea of connection, these devices have given us this, this magical power of connecting to people 24 seven, wherever they are all over the world. Mm-hmm. And that is brilliant. I'm so glad I have my son is 19 years old, just left for New York this summer. He's living there now. I FaceTime with him, you know, or on, on Android, it's called Duo, but I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I video chat with him and it's, Uh, brilliant. I love it. I'm so happy that I live in this day and age, you know, on the flip side, that, that can be disruptive. So, you know, there's balance. And I think what we're hoping to do with little space is to give people the feeling that they're not alone and they're connected to something bigger than themselves, even when they're not on their phone. Um, and, and then, and the other thing that I feel like a big message for me was this idea of like little breaks you know, the, I think the digital detox movement is mm. amazing and it, and it's not for everyone or it's f- not for everyone all the time. And in the meantime, you know, can we give ourselves, you know, throughout the day, these little, um, you know, bursts of disconnection from technology so that we can reconnect as humans.
0: Yeah. And a more regular, mm. cause detox, in my opinion, detoxes are good once, twice, whatever period, like a year however it's just not it's not a sustainable thing to starve yourself from
1: whatever i mean the reality like you said kim i mean th- there's value here right i get to you know when i travel i get to facetime my daughter and see her every day i don't have to you know she's she's almost two she's not talking to me on a handheld with a cord yeah right th- th- there's the value phone itself of- is not bad right yeah. Like, yeah. it enables connection it enables work to be done yeah and, I, and there's I, value like if someone needs to reach out to you and it's an emergency we can get in touch with each other without having to leave a voicemail and get home and check it and see what happened 10 hours ago um but at the same time there's that 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 addiction that you just feel it and if you can separate yourself from the addiction and use it for its purposes that whether it's entertainment or 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 practicality at least it it has that place back with you and we can talk to each other like this that's it's a it's a it's a great thing now when did you launch
2: um this version <laughs> launched uh, january two thousand eighteen so the beginning no, of this the, year the
1: first the first version oh the I mean, very the, first
2: version yeah um well that one which you know you can't find anywhere is um i think it was uh November. November
1: 2017. No. Oh, huh.
2: no, no. It was in 2017. It might have been earlier okay. in the year. Okay. Um, cool. but we did, you know, it was really kind of just a beta that, that we, yeah. that we tested. Um, and, and actually because we tested it and I saw what went into kind of interfering with the hardware because auto-reply, you know, you have to kind of interfere. And by the way, now Apple and Google are starting to make a lot of these products themselves and Mm -hmm. build them into their phone. That was kind of I loved the response that we got and that people wanted it, but I clearly found after the experience of going through it is like, I don't want to be the one to do that. So, our, you know, this version has auto-reply for Android, but I don't think the next version will have um, auto-reply because... It's, you know, I don't want the phone to be, uh, I don't want this app to be this necessary. We're, we're really excited because the, um, the team we, we've put together, we're all really in alignment about the simplicity of it, the automation of it. I want, I want the timer to, to automatically start as you're getting close to home. I mean, there's, oh. you know, there's certain things. I want there to be a way to set, you know, the timer for a chunk of time so that you don't have to worry about turning it off. I think like everything, it's it's kind of with technology, it's kind of handle with care, you know, and thoughtfulness. And, and you know, it's not going to go away um, and these advancements are going to keep coming. Um, but I'm hoping to keep the conversation going so that people can at least say like, is this good? Is this bad? I mean, just even the conversation and exchange we're having just brings awareness to it. Mm-hmm. So, you're not mindlessly talking to Siri every 10 seconds, um, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's where the danger lies. Um, Do
1: you how many downloads or how many subscribers do you you have?
2: So at this point, we have 7300 registered users. Uh, Actually, I don't love the word users. We have people that Mm -hmm. registered
1: community (laughs) members. Yeah, the woman who started uh, transformative
2: (laughs) technology (laughs) academy. And I don't know if she, um, you know, if this was her quote, but she, you know, said that Users, uh, the only people that talk about people as users are drug dealers, mm. um, and so in Silicon Valley, yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know, I think I'm sure you guys have read this that you know, I mean, this was all, been all over the press that the people that that have created these companies, including Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, don't allow their kids to use iPads. And mobile devices. i read a lot of that, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that to me, when when that first came out, it was like, oh. Because that's actually, there's a great book um, Adam Alter wrote. It's called Irresistible. um, And it just talks about um, behavioral addictions and obviously, you know.
0: That's a, that's very, because we, a lot, uh, there's also been a lot of studies. I play a lot of video games, so I'm very keen into this. There's a lot of doctorate level individuals that are studying how games can affect your mind and keep you playing them. And they, and they exist at phone companies and pretty much everywhere. I mean, oh, it's yeah. in marketing and all kinds of things. And the user thing, like if, so if we're looking at people as users, then that's just someone to consume more of our thing and pay us more money. And if we flip that into community members, uh, family, villagers, humans, whatever, maybe you know, because it's not all just, oh, I'm just hooked on my phone. It's like, no, your phone is trying to get you hooked on it. Like, yes. that, it is built for that.
1: Oh, yeah. And no, it's it been is, proven. It, yeah, like,
0: because the people that built it know how your brain works, yeah. whereas you may not, so you're kind of at a, at a disadvantage. And it's... Um, and they
1: make money on your usage of
0: it. There is a paradigm to be flipped there, and it's like, how do you flip that paradigm? Because then you're talking about... The yeah. nature of capitalism and,
2: right. and free I mean, markets. The, yeah, the most profound market. thing is that yeah is that Facebook that we are not the consumers or their customers for Facebook. We're the product. Yes. Um, and they are selling us to others. You know, to other companies it feels
0: very dirty. I am not gonna go sign uh, sign off at of
1: Facebook now. I just I've actually been really closely.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I find it really great for what I love, which is building community. You it know? is great for that. I mean, and, and so I use it for that. Um, not yeah. even just for little space, but like, you know, sadly there's been people in my life that have, you know, uh, lost children or, you know, just really, you know, profoundly sad things. And they've been able to use Facebook groups to yep. get support, yep. to raise money. I mean, that to me is Awareness, so like powerful. The, very- yeah.
0: It's good I found it good to stay connected with people and yeah that's kind of what I do and
2: I feel like that's how they're they're shifting because obviously I think they've seen and noticed you know you know I think you know the interesting thing is is I have this this uh, that came also from from Alan on this idea of you know I can only control what's in my world so this imagery of a hula hoop around me mm-hmm. and so it's like I can't control or affect or Get inside the head of anyone else but myself, and so my behaviors, my attitude—that's all I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. And any energy I spend talking about or trying to figure out uh, without awesome. asking, you know, is a waste of time.
1: Yeah, that's strong. Yeah, can, and, you know. Yeah, um, I'm curious to know um, if you are willing to share or can share what the total amount of donation that Lilla Space has um, contributed on behalf of the community. Of yeah.
2: 70, I, you know, it's funny. I should have a total and I don't. Um, I, have, I, have, I can break it down because it's not that many. Um, we gave uh, close to $850 to an organization called Real Girl. Uh, and that was through Katie Dale Bout, her podcast, Let It Out. Uh, we did a Let It Out listener challenge, which I'm hoping we do with you guys yeah. for cause of your choice. Um, and uh, with Elevation Society, I believe we raised uh, $300. Um, we raised a few hundred for Dress for Success. Um and, uh, you know, part of the figuring all this out is to decide, you know, as this business evolves, are we going to, I mean, we will have to, you know, kind of focus on certain organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I'm really excited about is potentially allowing people to create their own uh, circles of connection so that they can raise money for something they want and, oh, and yeah. identify it for themselves. So, these are all kinds of things we're talking about and building into the next version. But as Little Space exists today, I guess, what is that? Almost $2,000? That's um, awesome. Yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah. So, 2,000 hours of, 2, of hours time, right? Yeah. Of, of peep time people have taken to connect and be with be with their families themselves.
2: The other thing that we do is um, we allow you to unplug for a reward as well. And, it, and, and in general, it's unplug for wellness because we offer um, promo codes for services, products, and events that are wellness-based. So, on World Mental Health Day, we did a partnership with Gravity Blankets. I missed
0: it. I missed it. You
2: missed it? There may still be a chance. But um, <laughs> uh, but they, um, they basically gave a code for a $50 gift card toward the purchase of one of their blankets, uh, which I personally own and love. But yeah, so that's the other thing is that we want people to have the opportunity to unplug you know, for their own health and well-being. And, um, you know, we're, we we call them challenges. So, it's essentially unplugging challenges. And what, what motivates you to forget about your phone? Um, unplugging for a cause is some days you feel like, you know, unplugging for a cause. Other days you might feel like, wow, I really wanted to go to this, you know, event that's coming up, but the ticket's $200. Little space is offering 10% off if I unplug for an hour. Why not? Um, Are you,
0: this made maybe, so I just started thinking of Fitbit. Yeah. Cause I, I loosely track my steps. But there was a period of time, like my, when my mom was getting into it, you can do challenges yeah. and you can do, you can track how they're doing through the week and a group of friends. But then even just my weekly tracker of steps, sleep and all the other stuff I track, uh, think like that would be interesting to have a weekly tracker.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, um, have, uh, this, the next version that we've been kind of sh- talking about is this idea of kind of having these circles of connection mm-hmm. with your family, with coworkers, with, you know, um, and that actually exists in other apps today. Yeah. But again, we want to tie it to the, um, external motivation of, you know, raising money for causes or, you know, getting wellness rewards for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the hope is that you use these External motivations to then start developing the in, intrinsic reward system right. that allows you to start recognizing, oh, wait a minute, I actually feel better. And that's something else that we, you know, really want to try to figure out. And I haven't quite figured it out yet, but this idea of just kind of giving people the time to pause and reflect throughout this process, because it's one thing to like set my timer, turn it off, get my reward, yay, or yay, raise money for a cause. But like, how does it feel different? um and without intruding in their lives with technology and texting and emailing and trying to figure out their reflection it's like how how can we help people reflect yeah. so we're still we're still work cuz i think one of the things i love i'm so inspired by the wellness you know the the you know complete booming of the wellness industry you know uh, over the last few years specifically it's it's really inspiring to me uh the thing i think that is getting tricky is that it's turning so in, so much into, oh, I want to try this and I want to do this. And, and it's like there's this consumption, mm-hmm. rapid pace and what I would love to see is just a little more kind of like, did that work? You know, how mm-hmm. did it feel? Um, you know, that just sounds, a little more pause. That
1: sounds familiar, I think had
0: conversation before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's why I only do one work. I've only I've, I've done one workout all year long.
1: It's like, it's what, so what's going to happen? It's funny you bring that up because Rodney and I have had this direct conversation yeah. as it relates to you know he, he he does an amazing job at learning about new things and introducing new things and I have a really resistant mind to process change or habit change like This is what I like to do. And I I go into it. But I really try to take those learnings from Rodney. But he'll go one week to the next week to the next week to the next week. And over time, it's like, okay, Rodney, I can't keep up with all these things. I can only implement one at a time. So, we had this very conversation of, I'd be curious to get what the result was from that versus, oh, it sounds like a cool new thing. Um, It's really cool, too, to hear because it's the first time I've gotten feedback from you since that conversation that this... You've implemented this workout for a year because you wanted to see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I was listening to this. Um, it was after that conversation. There was this workout guy on YouTube and he's just like, what workout's the best workout? And he's like, look, just workout. He's like, he's like, I've probably perpetuated it. And all these other, you know, do this workout kettlebells do blah, 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 blah. And he's like, look, here, like time under tension, like muscles under tension, doing something, cardio. Pick something and just do it. Do it for six months. Do it for a year. Do it for a year and a half. I bet you're going to see some results. Right. Like, just pick one. And it, to your point, it's just been so, there's so many things. And, like, I, I know with meditation, when I started doing it, I was just like, this is awesome. And people are like, why? And I was like, I can't. There's some things, like, I'm talking to myself and figuring out, like, some challenges or things I didn't, like, I wanted to change. But... I couldn't actually quantify, I can't actually quantify why it's been so great. Cause it's not the same, like it's a mental thing. I can't really show it to you. Right. I just feel better. Right. Right. I don't, I don't know. yeah,
2: I mean, I think that's the interesting thing. That's the thing that I feel like I've learned the most out of this process of starting a business and and delving into the world of technology is this idea of kind of metrics, you know and that that data mm. and metrics is such a ooh, it's such a scary word right now. but for me, all it means is kind of awareness and and sustaining that awareness through something so that you get to the other side and see if it's different. Or the same, Mm -hmm. you know, and so to be able to say, okay, so I've been meditating now for a week. When I started, um, I was short with my wife and now I'm not, or I was, you know, it's just like being able to pick something that you maybe want to see a change, Mm -hmm. you know, that's for me, you know, it's like, do, am I, um, you know, less agitated when I'm talking to somebody, um. You know than I was after a week of a steady, regular practice of meditation, um, and and I like to do those kinds of little you know just Full kind of, of like experiments with myself. And I never knew what that was until I started learning all these words of you know analytics and yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're building it. you're building your own cognitive behavioral therapy so, practice, so. Or studies, but exactly. I know we're <laughs> I know we're at the we're at 4:30, so oh wow oh wow yeah that went yeah. fast. I, it, it, it's amazing what happens when you're present and connecting, how quickly conversation can fly. So, Kim. Yes. This has been a lot of fun. It has. I'm thinking about a lot,
0: and uh, we're going to keep talking. As we leave, we like to ask everybody what they would like to leave our listeners with. What thought, what learning challenge, question?
2: Uh, I would say. Stay curious, be present, and don't take it personal.